Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on being unhidden. Oh, hey guys. That's loud. I'll take that down. Is that an okay volume for you all? Awesome. All right, do me a favor. Well, I guess we'll do the favor in a second. First off, uh, no, can we just turn one of the lights on a little bit and out back? That's better. Um, we're going to try something new tonight. Uh, if you want to reach behind you in your seat, you have a pen and a piece of paper that will help you for tonight. <laughs> Did you say it's like Christmas? But far less gratifying. <laughs> Don't get me that for Christmas, please. <laughs> Save this piece of paper and give it to me for Christmas. Before we get going, it looks expensive. That's what I said. Wait, what did you say? Oh, extensive. I did think you said expensive. Um, Extensive. Yeah. So let me tell you something. Uh, Here's a pointer from Paul. It's the nature of relationships. Save a few, you know, like your marriage and stuff, and hopefully your kids, Uh, but it's the nature of relationships to kind of come and go as your life progresses. Um, Like your best friend at nine years old may not be your best friend at 19 years old. Uh, I can totally attest to that. Uh, My best friend at nine years old, his name was Dane Wilson. Dane was the coolest guy that I knew. Uh, growing up, he was he was a year older than me. Maybe he was two. Maybe he was a year or two. I don't know. But he was my best friend. Um, and then I moved here, and then we like never talked again, um, except for like I went. Remember, we went to Memphis one time for a concert or something, and it was so funny. Like literally, I lived next to Dane for maybe like eight years, and we were best friends for those eight years. Uh, and then I moved away to here, uh, and I didn't see him for, I don't know, a good eight or nine years or whatever. And so Chloe and I were in, in Memphis uh, to see a concert. I won't tell you who because it was not great. Um, and I don't want you to judge me. Uh, we did leave the concert early because we were like, this is disgusting. Um, anyways, uh, but I drove up to his house. And I was like, hey, I want you to meet this guy. Like, this is one of my oldest friends, like childhood best friend. And uh, I, I walked up and I think his dad was out there. I think his dad's name was Michael. 
Michael, because it's Dane Michael Wilson. So was, I think his first name was my, his dad's name was Michael. Um, so I was like, <laughs> like you know this guy. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Hey, so be it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I walked up. I was like, hey. He goes, oh my gosh, Paul Tyka. And then I was like, is Dane here? And he's like, he is, but I think he's sleeping. I was like, okay. Well, it's like 2 p.m. It's like, yeah, he got in from a late night, like bartending thing last night. I was like, well, can you wake him up? <laughs> like, cause I'm here like once a decade. And I was like, um, and he's like, well, I'm just gonna let him sleep. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I do remember we're walking back to the car and out comes this, this dude is, um, he didn't play like Tennessee level, but he played for Rhodes College. He's brilliant. He's a lawyer now, but um, he played for Rhodes College and he got the Heisman um, for his division. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know him. Anyway, so he comes out here. He's just, is that Paul Chaka? <laughs> like just as country bump, dude, jacked out of your freaking mind. Um, and it was just so crazy. I was just like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. But um, I haven't talked to him since. And so relationships, all that to say, relationships come and go, uh, except for hopefully your marriage and uh, hopefully your parents and your kids and your siblings and all that stuff. And hopefully a handful of like really good friends that you can keep throughout the years. Um, But what I've learned in 29 years is that when people come and go like this, like I hope you understand like now, but you'll, you'll learn it more with longevity with the father. But the faithfulness of Jesus is mind-boggling. When you think about how consistent he is for millennia, like toward his people, like that's just absurd, the consistency of Jesus. So that's my pointer from Paul, is to lean into the consistent relationship. Uh, If you had to put all your eggs in one basket, I would put my eggs in that basket the person who would never leave or forsake or waver or shift. Um, do you see all these dust particles? Yeah, Is it just me? It's, it's, anyways, it's the lights. Well, it makes me feel like I'm going to contract a, a disease, but con, con, what is it? Contract, contract, contract. Is it spelled the same? Mm, well, whatever. Yeah, literally English and Portuguese are the hardest languages to learn. Uh, and I'm not learning Portuguese. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and throw up that title, Hannah. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about being unhidden, okay? Wow. I had to ask Emily. I was like, does this make sense? She goes, unhidden. I was like, okay, thank God. It's kind of legible. I literally just threw it. So I was like, okay, it, it'll work. So, unhidden. 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 Anyways, tonight we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking about being unhidden. Okay. Uh, if you're in high school and you go to RSW, you heard me talk about this today. Uh, but I kind of want to take it a step further. So I heard this quote yesterday. I was listening to a teaching, and uh, Bill Johnson said, the degree we emphasize our role in salvation will be the same measure uh, we have for shame and guilt. The degree we emphasize our role in salvation will be the same measure we have the propensity for shame and guilt. 
So the whole concept was the more you emphasize your own worth and your coming to the Father, the more you're prone to walk in shame and guilt because then you've built your whole salvation off of what you've done. Does that make sense? I'll say it again. Does that make sense? Okay. Great. Um, so let me let me take it a step further, kind of where we're going tonight. Uh, the degree we walk in shame and guilt will be the measure to which we try to hide from God. The degree we walk in shame and guilt will be the measure to which we try to hide from God. So the degree we emphasize our own worth and our salvation will be the degree that we walk in shame and guilt. And the degree we walk in shame and guilt will be the degree that we try to hide from God. Make sense? You with me? I know I talked about like no formulas, but there are some formulas in the kingdom. Like you reap what you sow. That's kind of a formula, you know? Um, but there is no formula of me coming to his presence. That's where kind of there, there's no there's no rules, you know, leave your shirt on, but there's no rules. Um, do you guys even remember that commercial? Yes. Yeah. Was it on in the Super Bowl? It was Subway. I know it was Subway. Where literally he was trying to put everything on a sandwich. And he's like, can I do this and this and this? He goes, there's no rules. And he takes his shirt off and the manager says, put your shirt on. He says, there's one rule. <laughs> like... Uh, oh no, water on my iPad. It's fixed. Okay, <laughs> it's ruined. All right, who wants it? Yeah, I'll, I'll holler at you in eight years. Um, so, do you do you remember? Some of you, this isn't that far off, but you remember being a kid and doing something bad and instantly running and hiding, like under your bed or something. Just as a show of hands, like you did something bad, and before even any before anyone could even yell at you, you were like, "Oh shoot!" Like, and you go and hide to try and like escape the wrath. Okay. All right. So hold on. I just need hands, not stories. All right. So, um, that's why. Have you guys ever seen like this? Is so sad, but like when we see like hit and runs, like when when we have this car wreck and it's like a terrible car wreck terrible car wreck and then the people try to drive off it's because they do something terrible their guilt and shame becomes overwhelming and they just try and hide they just try and outrun the consequences of what they've done right so we do the same thing with the father if we if we have this overemphasis of our own self we have this propensity to walk in shame and guilt and if we walk in shame and guilt then we have this urge to hide from God because we think that our system of acceptance is based on what we've done. Okay. So, uh, go to Genesis three in your head or in your Bible, if you got it. Um, so I'm going to kind of paraphrase. So, uh, Adam and Eve's, uh, obviously, okay. It's going to be super quick. If you don't know the story of Adam and Eve, here we go. Okay. Uh, God created Adam and Eve. He told Adam, hey, you can eat from anything in the garden. Just don't eat from this tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And then Adam told Eve the same thing. However, the serpent came in who was the devil. I almost said Jesus. The serpent who was um, the devil. <laughs> Satan. Satan. Um, Satan the snake. <laughs> so Satan comes in as a snake. Uh, 
and then tells the woman, hey, surely you can eat this fruit. And he does all these cunning things to try and manipulate the woman. It works. And then the woman eats this fruit, and then the woman gets Adam to eat this fruit. And then what happens, right? So they're eating this fruit, and then it said, and immediately they understood that they were naked. They understood that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves, all their privates, and then they hid instantly, okay? And so, um, and then instantly, like, the father comes down, and we're not going to get into this, but he's like, hey, Adam, where are you? Obviously, the father knew where Adam was. He's just asking Adam to respond. And, uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of theology that could go either way of, like, well, if Adam did this, maybe we could have, like, spared the need for the cross, all that sort of I don't know. Um, I haven't asked God, and honestly, I haven't. Uh, it's really not that big of a deal because Jesus has already come and paid the price. So, what's the use in trying to figure out theology about something that's irrelevant, you know? Um, and so, we have a better Adam anyway. So, uh, the thing is that that they were trying to cover their nakedness with these fig leaves, but it was this pseudo covering, like it's this fake covering because they were already covered by the Father in their minds. But then as soon as they disobeyed and they uh, tried to do it in their own strength, they tried. They partook of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. So they wanted to be like God, to be working in the same kind of like mode that he was. Instantly they understood that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. Um, so I'm not advocating that we run around naked um, at any – if you hear me say that uh, if, with anything that I'm saying – please leave your clothes on. Uh, it's not okay. Um, even when you're showering, leave your clothes on, okay? Uh, it's not okay. okay. F- funny story. Uh, o- <clears throat> Oakland knows no shame, uh, and it's amazing. Um, uh, to the point where we have to teach her, it's like, okay, you have to keep your dress down because um, this, this is not okay because she'll – She'll just, <laughs> I think she, yeah, she definitely mooned dad all today. Yeah, I just butt naked. Um, but Oakland, she's getting in, in the bath or whatever, and she always looks up and she goes, you want to shower with me? I'm like, I can't. Um, but every once in a while, listen, I'll wear swimming trunks, um, and, and she'll shower and all this stuff. But it's just so funny. She's like, you want to shower with me? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, we that's weird um so but it usually I'll, I'll tell you this as for for you guys that are going to be fathers one day um a lot of fatherhood is sitting on the cold side of the shower in your bathing suit uh while your daughter gets all the hot water and you're just over there shivering and like i'm having a good time okay um and then instantly so you wash your hair, wash your body, get her the frick out of there, and then you crank that sucker up, and you're like, thank God, and then you can shower on your own. But anyways, uh, there's been multiple times I've told Chloe, like, come and get this girl. I've got to, I've got to warm up or something. It's, it's terrible. Um, so Adam and Eve, this is all my intro. Um, Adam and Eve, they sew these fig leaves together to try and cover their nakedness. So here's just a little question for you. You can ponder on this in your life. Uh, maybe tonight when you get home, uh, I think we all have fig leaves uh, that we try to cover our shortcomings with. We try to cover our nakedness with, our 
are, hey, we've fallen short of what we were supposed to do. We've fallen short of hitting the mark. And so we try to put together these fig leaves to kind of cover our butts, uh, pun intended, literally. <laughs> literally. Um, but the father's really just wanting to get rid of the fig leaves so that he can cover you completely and not this pseudo covering. So um, if you don't know what you're, some of you, you're like, oh, automatically, I know what my fig leaf is. Uh, some of you don't know. Um, the Holy Spirit knows. Uh, I, I love, there's so many scriptures. When I was kind of studying for this, I was looking up like, hey, like the hidden things of God, like what, what is to what does it mean to be unhidden? And literally so many scriptures, it says, nothing is hidden from the sight of Yahweh. <laughs> There's like 12, like, okay, look, you can't hide from him. The, you're only fooling yourself. So you might as well just let him do what he wants to do, okay, um, in your life. So <clears throat> that's the intro. Let's go to John 4. You guys familiar with John 4? Uh, no. Okay. Um, um, no. <laughs> John 4 is one of my favorite passages because... Uh, well, for so many reasons, but <clears throat> for this instance, we'll just we'll just worry about uh, a couple verses. So this is going to be John four nineteen through twenty four. Yeah, I haven't talked a whole lot today, but for some reason, my voice feels tired. Can you hear it? Yeah. It's like, hey, is it the allergies? They're coming. Here, they're coming. All right, so <clears throat> John four nineteen through twenty four. Here we go. The woman, this is the Samaritan woman, by the way. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Remember, this is like right after Jesus reads her mail. And it's like, okay, you dummy. Of course, he's a prophet. Okay. So, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and yet you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one must worship. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, that a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming and even now has arrived when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Say spirit, spirit. and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit, spirit. and in truth. truth. How many of you guys have heard that before? This is, the, this is the part where it's a little bit more interactive. Give me a hoo-ha if you've heard this before. All right, give me a hmm if you haven't. Oh, all right, great. So that's good news for you. Uh, the whole concept of the true, this is so smudgy. Can you tell that it's smudgy? I know. I asked Chloe to clean my glasses. I, I don't clean my glasses. I don't. It gets smudgier. I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's like a Padre thing to do. All right. So the word truth, this is going to be one of your things. Oh, bro, you didn't even film the first one. Slacking. That's all right. All right. I mean, you didn't hear it. Well, we'll hide from God. I mean, you're not going to be. Yeah, we'll hide. From, yeah. Context is king. So here we go. The word truth, say truth, is the Greek word aletheia. Aletheia, which translates to being unhidden being unhidden. So literally Jesus is saying 
that a time is coming and now has arrived where worshipers will arise that worship the Father in spirit because God is the spirit and in unhiddenness. So it's not just like in spirit, because how many times we've heard this, hey, worship God in spirit and truth. And you're like, what the heck does that even mean? Like, how do I worship God in spirit and in truth? Like, spirit, truth, go. Like, what does that even mean, you know? So I, I think it's really helpful when you break down that truth means worshiping him in unhiddenness. Okay, so let's kind of go what that looks like. And you can't go wrong with Romans 12. I'm going to read two different translations. I think the first is NASB. So, uh, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of, what? what is it? Spiritual service of worship. Okay. So present your bodies as a holy living sacrifice, which is your spiritual service of worship. Okay, let's go to a different translation of that same passage. This is the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. So here we see that presenting our bodies as a spiritual service of worship looks a lot like taking our everyday ordinary life, our sleeping, our eating, our going to work, going to school, walking around, and placing it before God as an offering. Okay? So we live a life of worship by being unhidden in everything that we do. That's how you live a life of worship, okay? So let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> this is the cheapest object lesson I think there's ever been. Not, I don't know what that noise is. I think, gotta get this out of here. Oh, wait for it. It's the AC unit, baby. Yeah, I don't know why. So. Do you know that I've had diarrhea since last Easter's? <laughs> do you know, do you know uh, what that's from? It's not my life. <laughs> Guys, it's a movie. <laughs> Nacho Libre. When is it, Josiah? You sure? When did Nacho Libre come out? 2006. Any guess on the month? Oh my gosh! What? Oh my gosh! Who was born after 2006? Wow. We're getting, you're 2010? We're getting old. That was 13 years ago. That's when I graduated high school. I had already taken Stedman's. Okay. You ready? Yeah. I know. We're going to have to pull you out of that. All right. So we live a life 
of worship by being unhidden in everything that we do. This is getting on my nerves, if you can't tell. Great. Here's your 50 cent word for tonight. Compartmentalization in your relationship with God will not work. Compartmentalization, so C-O-M-P-A-R-T, so compart, mental, M-E-N-T-A-L, I-Z-A-T-I-O-N, compartmentalization. That's the point. It spells exactly like how it sounds. C-O-M-P-A-R-T. Compart, mental, M-E-N-T-A-L, I-Z-A-T-I-O-N. Z-A-T-I-O-N. Compartmentalization. Who knows what compartmentalization is? Josiah, what you got, bro? Shh. Exactly. Okay. It's exactly what compartmentalization is. It's where everything has its own compartment. Okay? So... When we say things like compartmentalization in your relationship with God doesn't work, here's what I mean by that. Let's say this, uh, this green, big green ball is, um, <laughs> yeah, Oakland calls the sun sphere uh, the big old ball. <laughs> she thinks she's saying the big gold ball, but she's saying big old ball. <laughs> So let's say let's say this green ball is the way that you act and you live uh, when you're here at church, okay? So that this is your, I'm going to give it all to you, Lord. I'm going to praise you in the morning and the evening time until at home, this is how I act, okay? And then uh, at school... This is how I act. Oh, no. <laughs> He's truant. Look out. We have a big one there. And then uh, with friend group A, that's how you act. And then with friend group B, this is how you act. Okay? So then we've got... We got a couple hours of doing all these things, you know. Um, Chloe can tell you some fun stories later on uh, living a life that is compartmentalized when she was in high school. Not right now. She's very good at living uh, pretty wide open, if you don't know, um, unapologetically, and I love it. Um, but. I didn't really uh, have a bunch of like different friend groups. Oh, I don't have one of these. Uh, I'll just put this here. Um, I just had like the guys that I was in the band with, and uh, that was about it. Uh, and also, okay. You like this? I know. You guys remember that game we used to play where it was like, oh, wait, that's wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Skittles. Okay. So here's the thing. I think this is good. I mean, we need, 
We need some of these. Hold on. Some of these and some of these. Okay. Well, I guess I didn't need both bags. That's all right. Uh, I way over underestimated how long that would take. Um, but these green balls are your actions at church, right? And then when you get home, you're a totally different person. Okay. When you go to school, you're a totally different person. People and and the green doesn't mesh with the pink, like that. That will never spill into each other. Your friends at school will never know what you do here, and your parents at home don't know the real you that's over here because you compartmentalized your life, and so they have a picture of what you're really of who you are at home that's totally opposite than what all of these other four people know about you. And so when someone comes to mom and dad and says, hey, your daughter's kind of being a hmm, 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 they're going to say, not our girl. She's just this perfect little. Okay, the evidence says differently because your girl is crazy as frick, okay? Um, so that's compartmentalization. And here's why that doesn't work in relationships, uh, really any relationships, but especially in your relationship with the father is because there's, there has to be no delineation between every part of your life, okay? It, it doesn't work like this because you can't say, because the whole, because here's, here's why. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If Jesus is worthy of everything that we have to give, he deserves far more than just these things that we're giving him when we're here on Wednesdays and Sundays. He's deserving of all of this and he's zealous and he's jealous for it too, which means that he's not satisfied until he has all of this. But we think in our like, our perfect minds that we're just like, okay, this is gonna go here, this is gonna go here, this is gonna go here. Um, I can't remember who what gender is supposed to be really good at compartmentalization. I think it's guys. Um, that we naturally compartmentalize our life. Um, whereas like, so for instance, and, and some of it's kind of a good thing. Like let's say um, someone has a really bad day at work. They're able to compartmentalize that and be like, okay, that's work and now I'm at home, okay? Which is great and stuff, but, but then I feel like you should always allow like the people closest to you to see everything that you're involved in. But, um, but then there was a study showed just the way like our brains are wired, like men just naturally do that. But women, like, it's like, everything's just like, I can't believe someone said this to me. And it's like, we're just having brunch. Like, we're not even talking about that. Like, why is that affecting you right now? Like, and so that's just a little bit of advice for you guys. Um, I'm not this isn't me saying women are irrational. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they process information differently than we do. And it would be absurd of us to ask them to process information in the same manner that we do. However, there is a way, thank you, sir. Oh, I don't need that. Uh, there's a way you can process information with the Holy Spirit uncompartmentalized. So um, the whole point is like, you have this, what was this friend group B? Yeah, friend group. Church. Church, great. Okay. <laughs> Who said mom? 
<laughs> oh, that's cute. Um, so when Jesus says that the true worshipers will arise, bless you. See, for all you RSW people, you could be in the middle of teaching or in the middle of a song. And if someone sneezes, bless you. You have to acknowledge it. It's just rude not to, you know. Um, don't do it again. Don't you dare interrupt this teaching again. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, so when Jesus says the true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth, he's inviting us to live a life that is unhidden. Okay, so. <laughs> so this is what he's after. Okay. Oh, snap. Okay. We're going somewhere, boys and girls. Okay. It's going to be far more. Uh, oh, now just wait for this. So he's after all this, like. So, Jesus isn't after, like, clean, but he's after realness. Like, this is, this is real life. Like, all your accolades, everything that you did really well, all the things that you kind of suck at, you know, all the things that you're not doing well, like, not just, like, actions, but just, like, in your headspace. Like all this stuff, and and when we present God with just these are the things I have together, just talk to me about these things. That's stupid. That's really stupid, uh, because He's the one that holds every solution. So why would we not give Him everything and say, "Look, it is chaotic as frick, but this is all I've got." Okay, so when Jesus says true worshipers will worship the spirit and truth, he's inviting us to live a life that is unhidden. So th that's what it means to be unhidden. You know who did this brilliantly in scripture? Get this out of the way. I'll give you a second to ponder. Shout out. Who do you think did this? Br I mean, a bunch of people did this great in scripture, but there's one I'm thinking of apart from Jesus. John the Baptist is good. I got a different person in mind. No. Not the person I would think. Old. David. You want to know why? Here, here's, let me tell you, let me tell you why. David is a perfect example of this. Go read any of the Psalms. One Psalm, he's, God, I praise you. You're amazing. The next song, my life sucks. <laughs> and then the next one is, God, you've made me king over this nation. This is great. And then he's like, these people are trying to freaking kill me. Like, it's, it's all there. There's no like, oh, here is my offering, Lord. It's very clean and pretty and bright. Take with it what you will. He's like, hey, my life really sucks right now, but I'm still going to bring it to you. That's how you live in unhiddenness. Because here's the thing is, like I said earlier, like, you're only fooling yourselves. 
because the father knows all of the crap that's going on in your head the crap everything that you're walking through the father knows all of it you're only fooling yourself so uh when we live hidden we cover our shortcomings with fig leaves and this is a pseudo covering born from our mistakes and covered by our efforts so i got two scriptures and then we're going to wrap up yeah i mean it's not a blank but you want to write it down oh but it's it's good you should probably write it down still okay (laughs) you don't have room amen come on Jesus, he will make room. Uh, no, but when we live hidden, we cover our shortcomings with for, fork leaves. <laughs> with fig leaves. Thank you, Emily. With fig leaves. It's a pseudo covering born from mistakes. Uh, go to Isaiah 61, verse 10. In your head. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. It says exalt, not exalt. That's a fun word. Exult in my God. For he has clothed clothed me with a garment of salvation, and he has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. Sounds a little bit better than fig leaves to me. Um, And then we'll uh, go here. 2 Corinthians 5.21. If you want to write this down, this is a a good one. That you should, we should rehearse this often. Um, You know, I, I was... I always find it interesting. You know, like sometimes we can talk about the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, For instance, like our salvation isn't based off of works. I mean, we've talked about that probably ad nauseum, right? Three claps if we have. Okay. But here's the thing. Us as humans, sometimes we're really dumb and we keep going back to works and we keep having to get our mind transformed because everything else that we do on the planet is based off of works. How many of you guys have already failed a test in school this year? Okay. How many of you guys have already done just poorly in, okay. How many of you guys have done well in school already this year? Okay. Okay. Look, so here's the thing. So every, everyone that just raised your hand, you just prided your, which is great. You prided yourself or you shamed yourself based on something that you did that someone judged you on. And it's the same way with your job. Hey, you're doing bad at this job. We're going to put you on administrative leave or whatever, or we're going to dock your pay if you don't hit this quota. Or, hey, you're actually doing well at your job. We're still going to pay you the same amount, but we'll give you a big thumbs up. Um, <laughs> just a little dose of reality. It's, you can do something really well and do other people's this this isn't me from personal experience here but you can do other people's jobs well too because you're faster and then you still just get paid the same but that's just reality um but you don't have never mind i'll just you guys work out your own work ethic and fear and trembling um But everything we do in life has this merit system. And so that's why we have to constantly, constantly remind ourselves and have our minds transformed and renewed that everything that we get in the kingdom has nothing to do with our ability to perform because it's so contrary to everything that we do on this planet. So I think this is always a good scripture to come back to. So it's 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin become sin for us. I said again, God made him, God made Jesus, who had no sin, literally become sin, so that in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. What? 
Like, do you understand the gravity of that statement? God made Jesus perfect, never did anything wrong, who knew no sin, become the manifestation of sin, separation from, from the Father. He made him become sin so that through him becoming our sin, we get to become the righteousness of God in Christ. What? Like, it's this great exchange where, uh, Jaden, hold this, okay? Uh, that was, let's try it again. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. So let's say, hey, this is sin, okay? This blue thing is sin. Um, I wish I could throw this at you and you become a Smurf because that's literally what happened is like Jesus didn't like just carry our sin. He became sin embodied. Like he became the sin. So it wasn't just this of, hey, Jesus is going to take this sin. And then we're like, oh, great. We have no sin. But it was this, I'll take blue back. It was this, hey, here's my sin so that I might now become your righteousness. And he took ours so that we could get his. Like what in the world? We have to, it's this crazy concept and we can never get away from that because that spits in the face of every work mentality you will ever have. Because not one time in that scripture did it say, because we did something. It wasn't because you came to God, God made Jesus become sin for us. It, it's just because God is good, he made Jesus become sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It has everything, every, my gosh, everything to do. It has everything to do. Where? Oh, my gosh. Dude, then we've got time for a story before we get to this last blank. We're in California, dude. Uh, with my friend, uh, sorry. Um, so we're, we're literally in California. Uh, we, yeah, you're, you're really going to want to know this story. Um, so we're driving from San Francisco to Redding, which is about three and a half hours away. It's, um, it's 1 a.m. California time, which means it's 4 a.m. Tennessee time. And this is on a Sunday night. So everyone in that vehicle was on the worship team, maybe except for one or two people. Um, okay, one, there's right here. We, we were there. And so we've, we've been up since 6.30 that morning. And so literally now we're almost going on 24 hours. And then Chloe's driving, cause I'm just like, I'm, I'm toast, I'm done. Like I've, I've got to lay down. And then we hear this, I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, I, all I heard was a, um, and so I was like, babe, why don't you pull over? I think we have a flat tire. <laughs> yeah. She had her AirPods in. She had no idea. I said, babe, pull over. I think we have a flat tire. Understatement of the year, bro. This thing looked like the atom bomb just went off inside. This thing was obliterated. Um, it, it was it was gone. It was toast. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you gave back the sin of the world. Thanks a lot, Jay. Um, anyways, so we're we're trying to change this tire. Uh, if if you are related to the person who's created the Chevy Tahoe, 
slap them for me. Uh, it's arguably the worst design on how to get a spare tire out because your boy can change a spare tire. That's not a big deal. Um, but trying to turn a square peg on, or trying to turn a round peg with a square like crank doesn't work. So like literally we're trying to turn it and this, this lever is not coming down to get this tire off. I was like, dude, like we can't do this. Like what is going on? And so it took us two hours to change one tire. But I remembered, I was like, you know what? I have trip three hours. Okay. I have AAA through uh, State Farm. Let me call State Farm. And so I was like, hey, we're stranded on the side of the road. Like, I need someone to come and, like, help me get this tire off. And he says, do you have the mechanism to get the tire down? I was like, it's like yes, but it's not working. Like, I'm, I'm trying, but it's not working. Then he doesn't say anything for 10 seconds, which is a very long time to be, like, on a service call. And I'm like, so I say, like, hello? He goes, did you get the tire down? I was like, no, we're waiting on you, Gerard. Like, and so literally... I was like, can you send someone here? He's like, it'll be about 45 minutes to an hour. I was like, no. I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, we'll send somebody. He goes, okay. He's still on the phone. He asks again. He goes, did you get the tire down now? I was like, no, we're straight on the side of the road. I'm from Tennessee. I don't know where I am, and I want to go to bed. <laughs> like, and then I hung up, uh, and it wasn't the, I probably wasn't the kindest, but I was like, freaking dude like what shut up um so eventually i don't know how we got it down we broke it we did we literally ripped this like this tubing out of the car and then um oh yeah bro that that tarot dude doesn't know a thing um actually he does know because i was like bro uh this happened he goes i'll just get a new one i was like what? Oh, we obliterated the paint. But I, I can't remember how we actually got it down. Like, we we had to get people under the car to lift the tire so that we could, like, turn this little crank and, like, oh, it was miserable. And so, literally, for the le next hour and a half, we drove around with a destroyed tire in the trunk with uh, Nisi and Brenna holding suitcases in the back because we had to move all the suitcases up. And, oh, it was just terrible. Oh my gosh. And Elias was asleep for an hour of it. Literally, like like me, Jaden, and Isaac are outside trying to get this tire down. And Elias is still just sleeping. He goes, What's happening? And someone said, The tire exploded. And he said, Okay. <laughs> Three times. It was like it must have been like a Peter moment for him or something. Like, but and, and, he, and then the third time he said, oh, I should probably help or something. And I was like, no dip, dude. Oh my gosh. But, but he comes out there, he's like, so how about this? What if we, he does that thing. I was like, bro, I'm about to throw this rock at your face. <laughs> Shut up. Youth, oh my gosh. So anyways, I don't know where, why I told that story, but it is what it is. Oh, the Indian accent. Wow, that was a, that was a lot. So don't call AAA, I guess. Uh, they won't do anything for you. All right, so here's, the, here's this last thing. When we live unhidden, 
He takes our righteousness and clothes us with his righteousness. When we live unhidden, he takes our, righteous, our unrighteousness and clothes us with his righteousness. He takes our unrighteousness and clothes us with his righteousness. So the, the only way to live clothed in his righteousness that uh, Isaiah talks about and 2 Corinthians talks about is to surrender our unrighteousness. That's the only way. So when, when we hold, we're wrapping up here. When we hold our unrighteousness, when we have our lives compartmentalized and we don't live unhidden before God, and we keep the things that we think are secrets to him, but really they're not because he knows everything. But when we keep them with such a tight fist, it's we're refusing ourselves his righteousness. The only way we get to walk in the righteousness of God is when we say, hey, here's my filth. You can have it all. And I don't know why he wants it, but he does probably just so that he can exchange it. That would be such a cool magic trick if I went like this and it turned blue, but probably, hold on, let's try it again. The only reason he wants, hold on, our unrighteousness so that he can take it and be like, hey, here's my righteousness. Wow. That was, that was amazing. That was the best reaction I've had all year. All right. So, <laughs> um, so <laughs> that tomb was empty. All right. So let me encourage you guys. This is something um, you're going to spend your life doing. We're wrapping up here. I promise you this is the last statement. This is something you're going to spend your life doing is learning how to become more unhidden every day. Learning how to, and, and, it's, and it's not even like, oh, I'm keeping stuff from you, but there's times where you can get faster and faster and faster at becoming unhidden before the Lord. Uh, so get faster at it because you're only fooling yourself and you're going to do it eventually. So you might as well just do it now um, so that you can get one of these. That's the righteousness, guys. No, this was sin. Oh, wait, this was righteousness? Oh. So that you can take this and say, yeah. Now, 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 let me tell you a, a joke. Hey, let me, let me tell you, a, let me show you a joke that my daughter loves. <laughs> she goes, does that come out of your butt? like, yes, it does. All right, give it up for your girl, Pastor Slane, Teacher Slane. Wow, that's intense. I'm surprised they still like me after school. What am I doing? I'm just kidding. Wait, I don't know what's happening. Um, what's today? What month are we in? Tomorrow is uh, Eva and JC's birthday, so happy birthday to them. That's all I got. Don't care. I'm just kidding. Uh, speak your truth, man. Um, 
we handed out hot dogs and drinks at the Powell game last Friday. It was awesome. So listen, we're going to do it again on September 8th. Okay? That's, that's where we play Heritage, but it's going to be here. So... Let's go, baby. So here, here's the thing. Shh. Next week, hey, listen, this is important. Next week, I'm going to have a sign-up for Illuminate Special Events. And so this, these are going to be things that are outside of Wednesday nights. It's like, hey, we're giving out hot dogs. Hey, we're, you want to help us play in the Fall Pursuit stuff? Like, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe. Um yeah, yeah, so it'll be a great time for us to get involved, and that'll be fun. Um, secondly, when you walk out the door, there's, you know, that, like, invite a friend to illuminate next week. Okay, that's kind of difficult to do sometimes, and you're just like, hey, come with us. So we made little cards, okay? Um, take one or two and hand them out to your friend um, if you have any outside of here. Just mail it to Tommy. <laughs> Don't send them to SoCal. Um, but please cut this out. Um, so anyways, do that. Um, let's, we're not going to give today. That's all right, but we are going to do this phone. Yeah, you better come fast. Okay, so also have this to say. Are we going to Taco Bell tonight? Okay. Do we want to go somewhere else? All right, drum roll, guys. Is your phone in here? No. Is your phone in here? Yeah. Okay. You looked really intent. At, at the bucket, and I was like, she's concentrating. She's trying to get me to grab this phone. Brenna! One more time? One more time! It's almost like I have two cards. Oh, here you go, Brenna. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, drum roll. <laughs> if you come back next week, maybe I'll have more magic tricks. I don't know if this is what I want to grab. I'm just kidding. Yeah, come on, JC. <laughs> How cruel would that be? <laughs> come on. This is just such a gift from the Father. $4.23 worth. <laughs> All right. Everybody grab a card or two on your way out. I'll see you at Taco Bell, maybe. If not, I'll see you tomorrow or next week. We love you. See you later. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.